Welcome to 28 and Searching. I'm your host, Samantha, and today I have Roy Stockton on with me. Thanks for coming on my show, Roy. Thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, where are you currently located? How old are you? How many years have you been in your industry? That sort of thing. Okay, I am 36 years old, and I live in Northern California in Solano County. And I um, am a full-time deputy sheriff, and I also run um, and operate my own business that's called High Brass Leather. Cool. And so um, for this show, we're going to focus on the High Brass Leather um, career choice that you've had since you're lucky enough to have two careers that you love. Yeah. Um, So what exactly is your job title within that company, and what does it mean that you do? So I'm the um, owner and operator of uh, High Brass Leather. So basically what happened is, you know, it's a it's a home based business. Um, Obviously, my wife and even my um, soon to be 11 year old son help out actually quite a bit. And uh, we make a variety of different leather products. Um, And I, you know, one of the things uh, that's real important kind of in my thing is that I use um, materials sourced from American manufacturers. So that's, uh, that's what I do. Like I make little pouch, everything from pouches and gun holsters and knife sheaths and, um, and do repairs and different things like that. But it's, it's a lot of fun and I, I get a lot of enjoyment out of it. And where can somebody find you if they're, if they're listening to this and they want to see what you're doing? So, um, I have a, um, Instagram is, so amazing. Um, I post a lot of my work on Instagram under High Brass Leather. Um, I also have a website, highbrassleather.com. Uh, and on Facebook as well, I have a presence there. Okay, very cool. And so tell us a little bit about how you got in, you know, you, you're a full-time sheriff deputy. You had right. something you love, and now you've moved into something else you love. How did you kind of get right. to that point? Well, it's um, it's interesting, but leather working actually started as therapy for me. Um, I was like a lot of people where, um, if I wanted something, I would work an extra shift of overtime or I would sell something to buy something, but I never really made anything myself. Um, so, um, I had this desire to make things with my hands. Um, I don't really get to see a lot of things go to completion. Sometimes it feels like it at my other job that we're just kind of temporarily fixing things. And I, I was missing like that completion of like actually doing something from start to finish. And so my wife actually, um, bought me my first like leather working kit probably about five, six years ago. And I have been creating and making things ever since. Very cool. And so yeah. you you said it started as therapy. Is it therapy from your full-time job? Yes. Okay. And yeah. so did you have any sort of training before you started this or did what what kind of what kind of you said you didn't do much with your hands, so you right. just kind of decided to pick up leather and go for it? <laughs> yeah, you know it's it's interesting, but like I had I've always kind of uh, been involved in like sports, but I love the outdoors. And so um, I went on a like a a backpacking like adventure trip thing with some friends. And I ran into a guy. His name um, is Jason Mahoney. He was a uh, he was in the military station out near me um, in the Air Force. And he had actually made his own knife sheath 
um, from leather. And I was like, man, how much to make me one of those? And he, you know, he kind of laughed at me. Um, he's kind of a, he's become a good friend of mine now. Um, but he's like, listen, man, I'm not that smart and I can figure it out. Make your own sheath. And I it was like, it kind of startled me. Right. Cause I was like <laughs> ready to, ready to pay him, you know, and yeah. he's like, make your own. And so I picked his brain for the whole weekend, you know, just kind of trying to figure out um, how he, you know, how he designed uh, and, and put it together. And then I talked about it. And when I came home and my wife, you know, God bless her, she's just like put puts up with me, but I couldn't stop talking about it. And so then for Father's Day, um, her and my son bought me some leather and a leather kit. And she's like, now quit talking about it and make something. And so that's, that's kind of how I got into it. And I really, I mean, it was just like one of those things that when I started making products and items that for myself, you know, it, there was just this sense of satisfaction in doing it yourself instead of just running to the store and, and buying something that somebody else made. Yeah, absolutely. And so if somebody else is, I mean, leather's a pretty hard medium to work with, right? I mean, have you worked with any other mediums before? Um, no, so this is really my, was my, it, I have since, but, um, this okay. was the first. Yeah. So, so like for, for me, I, I kind of incorporate a lot of like metalworking into my leather, um, uh, different materials, uh, like canvases and antique, um, like I'll use old vintage military bags and, okay. um, stuff like that in, in my products, um, that I, that I make, but, I, you know, like I said, I really try to get everything uh, from American sources, um, sure. but it's hard. It's hard to do. Yeah. So, um, okay. but I have gotten a lot of help along the way. Like I started out on my own, you know, I jumped in with both feet, but um, I've had some excellent mentors that have helped me. Okay, very cool. So if somebody wanted to get into this, is there any sort of like training or schooling or classes or anything they should do to kind of learn how to do it? Or is it just picking it up and going for it? Well, I certainly think that you need to be prepared to make some mistakes and you should never stop yourself from trying to do it yourself. I think that you learn a lot from the trial and error. Mm -hmm. So but um, for me, I, I got some help from a, a local saddle maker that does some classes and has a shop here locally. And he, you know, he got me, he gave me the best instruction on, on the things that were the most difficult for me. So I definitely think it's one of those things that if you're interested in, sure, you can watch YouTube, you can, you know, you can download templates and stuff off of Etsy for different things that you can make. But mm -hmm. Um, having that personal interaction with somebody that has experience is, is going to be your best bet. And most of the people that I've interacted with are, are really good about sharing and helping new people get introduced and, in, you know, to, to leather working. Yeah. And, and the saddle maker, I wouldn't have even thought about that, but that's, I mean, that makes a lot of sense because, you know, mm -hmm. they're, they're they're out there. So I didn't no, even think about totally. doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Most of your leather workers are, um, you know, they, they deal with shoeing, um, like fixing your shoes mm -hmm. and, and different things like that. But, um, I got my help from, um, uh, Giovanni Zapata, um, and he owns, uh, Saddleberry Saddle Shop okay. or Castleberry Saddle Shop, excuse me. And, um, he, you know, does, is very familiar with 
the equestrian horse stuff and um i don't do a lot of that because i'm i didn't grow up uh you know riding horses i don't ride horses they're so expensive yeah. i would love a horse but i you know i just <laughs> um i'm not super familiar with them but i think that the people that are would be better at doing leather in those areas because they've ridden horses they know how to saddle a horse they know how to put all, all the tack on um, and so naturally repairing it is going to come, I think, easier to people who are familiar with leather in that, in that area. So that's a very interesting point to make because you, you know, you, there are different focuses for leather work. So, I mean, like you right. said, the cobblers and the, the, right. the saddle makers. And so what, what is, what are you falling into when you talk about leather making? What are you predominantly making? So I make... Uh, a lot of gun holsters because okay. in yeah. my other job, I have a ton of people that see my leather work <laughs> and they're like, Hey, can you make me a holster for this? And, sure. and so, um, that is a, a large part of my, my business. Um, and then I also, um, I don't know if hopefully you can't hear them in the background. I am also, um, very into hunting, um, dogs with my dogs. Okay. And so I, I do make some products for, uh, for pets um, and then I, uh, make some, you know, miscellaneous little pouches and knife sheaths and, and things that people would take, like if they were backpacking or bushcrafting or doing different things like that. Okay. So they, I mean, people who have different interests can maybe look at leather work as a way to express those interests based sure. on their different likes and dislikes. Okay, cool. No, absolutely. And so what would be a good starting point for someone who, like yourself, when you started, have never done this before, but they think mm -hmm. maybe I might want to get into it? What, where would they start? Um, I, th I think the best place to start would be to find a product that you would like to use that you could readily or accessibly buy at the store and try to make it yourself. So, you know, if you're into backpacking and you want to you know make a knife sheath then i would go and look at at the store you know go look at some of the the knives and the sheaths that they come with and try to recreate that um if you're into bags or purses or wallets then i would find you know a wallet that you really like but you don't want to buy a new one and it's like on its last leg getting ready to be you know it's it's like wearing out and and try to create the things that you're the most familiar with first because um i think that that familiarity is what kind of helps connect the dots when you're trying to to build and construct your your product mm -hmm. okay. your item yeah yeah that i mean that that makes a lot of sense and so if somebody you know because of course there's the leather work that you do but you also sure. own your own business so right. what type of personality traits are going to work best in your industry specifically um mm -hmm where they can own, you know, own their own business or do leather working. Um, what, what's it going to take for somebody to do that? Well, in addition to just, just learning the craft, I think that you have to be personable with people. Uh, you know, to, in today's society, it's so frustrating when you call cause you have questions about a product that you want to purchase and you get that answering machine that we all hate <laughs> and it's like a phone tree Mm -hmm. And, you know, people just get frustrated um, or you go to a website and you find stuff, you know, and it's it sometimes can be hard to get the answers for the questions that you want. So I think you need to know your products. You need to know um, where your materials come from 
and you need to be able to talk to people and answer their questions and be flexible with some of their requests because you know once you get to the business part, it's not about making stuff for yourself anymore. It's about making things for somebody else. And you know the custom niche with leatherworking is kind of the draw, right? I mean, anybody can buy something. They can go on, um, you know, to a major store distributor and buy something overseas, but often those products you know, they just make what they make. They, mm-hmm. they don't custom, you know, they don't customize products specific for you. And, and that's where finding somebody that does custom leather work and makes a variety of different products is, is really amazing. I think because you have a one of a kind thing that, you know, that will last a lifetime. I mean, I guarantee my products to last my lifetime. I can't guarantee and pass that, but, um, <laughs> But I, I think that that's important is finding people that are so passionate and, and proud of the stuff that they make that they're willing to, you know, to to make you your product, the product that they want and um, and stand behind it. So I think you have to be somebody that's willing to recognize that, you know, sometimes you are going to maybe make a mistake or have to fix something and that's OK. Um, you also need to realize that um, you're going to get some interesting requests, I mean, for, for different things to people to make and. Um, and just try to be um, as professional and, and helpful as you can, you know. So I think that's important. Yeah. And and so um, do you do you think that do you talk to like a lot of customers? I mean, do you do you interact a lot with people or do you, do you have somebody else do that for you? No. So I I typically do a lot of the, you know, someone will want. X whatever, you know, a wallet. And so they'll say, Hey, I really want a wallet with, you know, with a, uh, my company's logo on it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I want a 28 and searching wallet. Sure. And so I go, perfect. No problem. I, I have, um, d- you know, manufacturers that make me custom stamps. And so I would order that and then basically figure out what artwork they would want. And so there's a lot of personal conversation. It's not, okay. I don't have like an order form. It's it's a lot of it is through um, social media, Facebook Messenger, Instagram, um, things like that, where I can really make sure that I'm getting them what they're asking for. Okay. And so what is the worst possible personality trait that somebody could have where if they were this type of person, they should just stay away from leather working and owning a business in the art community like you do? The worst. Wow. Um, I think that if you're the type of person that just does just enough to get by, like it's like it's good enough. Like if that's like your mentality, this is not for you because (laughs) because you have to be somewhat of a perfectionist. Um, You have to take some pride in the stuff that you're making because um, it's so easy for people to buy from superstores and and other places that if you're really trying to be successful in this market – quality is going to be what you know what sets you apart from them okay and what's a what's a part of your personality that struggled where either you've had to change yourself or change the way you were doing business to kind of be successful in your career path hmm well in the beginning um i was giving too much away so like Ah. i am really I'm, I get excited about the things that I make. And I think that if you're going to do a job, you should be excited to do it. It yeah. shouldn't be like that. Oh, I got to go to work, you know? So 
I get really excited about my work and people would see some of the, you know, like the holsters I go to work and I got a new holster that I made and I'm all excited. Right. And I'm wearing it. And, and then somebody's like, Oh my God, I really like that. I, I, can you make me one, you know? And then, and then you're like, yeah, I'll make you one. And then you, you run out of leather, you know? Yeah. And you're like, God, I need to buy more leather. I don't have any more leather. So I think, um, in the beginning, my, my biggest, um, you know, the thing that I had to realize is that if I'm really going to make a business out of this, then I need to kind of curb, you know, hooking your friends up every, every time they ask. And, and instead, um, you know, maybe, um, give them a friends and family discount, but that I had to, I had to really curb that because yeah. I gave a lot of stuff away, which I love. I still love giving stuff away, but I'm better <laughs> about it. Now, so. Yeah. And I, I've honestly, from the artists I've talked to, that tends to be, um, you know, because people are excited. They want to create for people. That's why you're doing it. Right. So, and it's hard to always price yourself. Right. Yeah, that was really difficult as well is like how much is this stuff worth like um, and figuring out, you know, what your time is worth and, yep. you know, that that's difficult to do. And, you know, and, and it's OK because some people are going to say, no, I'm not going to pay that. So um, so you just kind of have to, you know, you have to figure those things out for you and, and most people. Uh, at some point in time when they go into business for themselves, figure those things out. So it took me a while, but I, I'm, I'm happy. I, I feel like I, I charge a competitive and fair, fair wage for my products and, and people like them. So yeah, that, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, since you're kind of, you know, you're in your own business, there's not really a ladder or lateral move with it, but if somebody's looking to leather work, I know we talked about the different industries. Do you mm -hmm. think they function kind of differently than what you do? Do you think you do different things than other leather workers maybe? Yes and no. I mean, I think it's both. Um, I think that you don't necessarily have to go into business by yourself. There's a lot of people that, um, you know, like, in the shoe repair business, in the saddle business that need help. And, uh, it's a very specialized field. So, um, you know, in the beginning, maybe even taking some classes or doing some volunteering. I mean, I think volun you know, helping out and learning is, is great. Right. I mean, especially if you're passionate about it, it's like to just hang out and learn and soak in that knowledge, um, is, is a great opportunity. And, uh, a lot of times if you work hard, you know, then, you know, in those areas, they want to keep you there. So because it's there's not a lot of people that can that know how to saddle stitch and, you know, and do different, you know, make different types of leather um, products. So I think uh, there's as far as climbing up, I mean, I think you can I've always believed that self-motivation is the key that raises a person to any level that they seek. Yeah. So if you're highly motivated and you want to own like a giant startup company where, you know, you start like a big Kickstarter type deal and you're going to go big and have employees, then great. Like, I think that's awesome. But mm -hmm. for me, you know, uh, being married and having a son and having a full-time profession, I, I'm, I was kind of realistic at knowing that, that this isn't going to provide better for my family than what I'm already doing. So for me, this is like, this is a way that my son can, you know, he's in a Ninja warrior right now. That's like this parkour stuff. And so yeah. <laughs> it's a way for, for him to sign him up for those classes and, sure. you know, and take my wife on a date and, um, you know, and, and help some different co good causes too. You know, philanthropy is, 
I think, um, an important part of any business model. I think if you're not investing in your community and in your customers, then, um, you're missing out on, on those opportunities. And I think people really like to stand behind products that are, you know, out there trying to do good. Yeah, absolutely. And so what do you think that maybe some of the drawbacks would be about choosing this as a profession? Well, leather isn't cheap. Um, the tools aren't cheap. The, uh, and, and the quality of the leather that you buy is, is important when you're trying to sell versus when you're trying to learn. Um, so there's some balancing, uh, when it comes to that. So, uh, you know, I would, I would tell a person that's like brand new starting out, go visit like the Tandy website, like, which is Tandy, um, Tandy leather factory is where my wife got my first kit. And it's like good enough gear. You know what I mean? It's like, get you on your feet. Like you could make some, you know, pre cut out projects and, and see if you like it before you just jump in with both feet. Cause, um, it can be really expensive to buy, you know, clicker presses, which, you know, sandwich, uh, uh, dies into your leather or a sewing machine. I mean, you could spend $10,000 on a sewing machine. I mean, it's, it, so you can get crazy. Um, so, <laughs> or yeah. you can, you know, take it kind of slow and steady and figure out, Hey, is this something I really like to do? And, like for me, like I, you know, I finally got a sewing machine. I didn't get a ten thousand dollar one, but I got a, <laughs> I got a really good one. Yeah. That and it helped me so much. You know, my hands don't have blisters and stuff like that because, um, you know, in the beginning when you're when you're doing everything with a needle and in pliers, um, pulling them pulling it through the leather, um, it's hard. But that's how you really learn. So, is is by doing it by hand, and then once you get the machines, you really appreciate them. So. Sure. And so what has the market kind of been like for you? Like, is, is this a market where somebody, if they wanted to make it their full-time gig and, you know, this is the only thing they're passionate about, would they be able to do that based on your experience? Yes, I would say um, it depends on what products you want to make. So, you know, there's there's different schools of thought. There's the, hey, I, I'm around people that ride horses. And so I am going to do horse saddle repair and maybe make a saddle, um, for that, you know, and sell those. Sure. But, uh, you know, the repair side is kind of like one area, you know, and then there's the people who make, who fix shoes or make shoes. So I think that if you're going to make it, you kind of have to really narrow down the products that you want to make. I wouldn't be, all over the board. You know, I, I would, I would say, you know, if you, if you want to do knife sheaths and wallets and stuff like that, that's smaller leather projects, I think that's a little easier to kind of diversify the small everyday product things that you use versus, um, like I know the saddle stuff really intimidates me. I mean, I've, I've, <laughs> it, it, it is, it's just because I'm not familiar with the horses and you can hurt the horse, you can hurt the rider. I mean, there's a lot, so there's different applications and, and different things that are really important to learn. And I think until you really narrow down your focus, um, you never really master that area, you know, uh, or an area. So that's going to be an important thing for somebody who wants to make this a career is to figure out what they want to do and do that and become good at that. Yes, I would say yes, absolutely. And I think they'll figure that out really fast. Like yeah. somebody that listens to this and they're like, wow, making leather stuff would be cool. Like, 
they're going to picture things in their head like immediately that they want to make. So, well, and that, you talked I would... about communities too, and I think right. that kind of helps sales as well. Like, because if you have a community around you of people that are interested in what you're selling, that right. kind of helps with marketing, right? Totally. And word of mouth is the best advertising, especially with startups like this, you know. So, you know, with with a connection to law enforcement in the beginning, a lot of my products were law enforcement based because when I was at work and I needed something and I decided I wasn't going to buy it anymore, I made it. And then when other people saw it, they're like, hey, will you make me one too? And then that's kind of how it started. So um, if I would have been, a, you know, in the uh, saddle business, then I probably would make more of those. But you know, sure. <laughs> yeah. you know, I wouldn't so, be so intimidated. <laughs> and uh, what has been your worst day as a leather maker so far? Oh, man. Worst day as a leather worker. I think the worst was when I, I had – I've had stuff get lost in the mail, and that's, like, always frustrating, but that's not really my fault. I think when you I, – I, I've had holsters that I've finished, and, like, some of – in the beginning when you're hand-stitching them, it takes hours and hours. I mean, I've had ones that have taken me 10 hours to make, you know, just depending upon the materials. And then when you're doing some of your finishing work, you know, you heat up um, – oil and wax to put in the leather to make it water like water resistant and i um can remember one holster in particular and i was making it for the sheriff and so mind you like i really wanted to do a good job on this holster so i'm getting ready to i got all done and it's all dyed and all i have left to do is oil it and um to heat in this uh this wax um paraffin solution it's like a it's almost it's, it's it's like a sealant I guess but it's like natural. Okay. So um, I was heating it with a heat gun, and I totally melted the holster and I had to start all the way over and it was horrible. And so I'm like, hey, oh, um, no. your holster's gonna be a little bit late, you know. So that's uncomfortable. So you know sometimes you gotta slow down, you know, and you've gotta. It, that's what I learned. I learned that you know you gotta slow down and don't. And make it fun and not stress when stuff like that happens because, you know, it's some of the leather is expensive. And, you know, certainly once you've, you know, cut it all out and hand stitched it and then you wet mold it to make it like the perfect, you know, fit. And then you're right there at the end. And all of a sudden it's like you just bubbled, you know, you heated it up so bad that like it bubbled and melted. And you're just like, oh, man, oh. such a bummer. But, yeah, that was the worst. But I made another one. And the after after I remade it, I he's left-handed. I made him a right-handed holster. So I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" He's la- he la- he was a great sport about it. And um, but I, so yeah, so that was probably the one where I felt like just a, a knucklehead. I'm like, "What am I doing?" You know. And so yeah, so I, I broke the first one and then made it backwards. And, oh yeah. no. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> and so if we. <laughs> If we go to the happier moment here, well, yeah. what's going to be the best day that you've had so far? Um, I, I don't like it's really hard to say. I think the best day that I had with leather is when my son uh, wanted to make his friends um, fidget spinner holders. Oh, that's and cool. so yeah. So it's like 
wow because he you know he puts up with me being you know in my little shop building stuff all the time and so uh it was really cool and he got to stamp their initials in it himself he he stitched it by hand i wouldn't let him use a machine because he'd hurt himself but (laughs) um but i think that was my best day because it was like something that we enjoyed doing together and you know, for he was ten. He's ten years old when he did this, and so there's not a lot of kids that age that you know have that make stuff like like that that yeah, um, and give it to their friends. And he was just like so proud. And you know, you see, you know, you see your kid to be see your kid proud of something that they made. It just totally made it like an awesome memory that I'll never forget. That is a yeah. pretty awesome memory. That's pretty cool. Yeah. My wife has surprised me, too. I mean, she I, – I remember she watched me make, I want to say, 15 of these, like, little pouches that had, um, like, old World War II-era canvas on them, right? And I was mm-hmm. making them and making – I made so many of these things. And she watched me do it just to hang out with me. And then I worked nights, so I woke up from – one afternoon after working and she goes, Hey, I made you this. And she made me one, like just from like watching me, she used the machine cause she's older, but you yeah. know, yeah. um, but like the, that would be, I think the best, you know, I love, I love seeing people excited about doing something that I'm passionate about, but when it's your family, it's just super special. You know, those are things I would never get rid of. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And so if we kind of segue going into what are some of the other benefits that people might find by making this their career path? Um, well, you don't have to buy Christmas presents anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's pretty awesome because I have nine nieces and nephews and like 14 adults to buy for. So that would be yeah. amazing. No, I mean, you can literally make so much stuff out of leather. I mean, whether it's like um, Bible covers or field journal covers, wallets, um, purses, you can make, um, gun holsters or, you know, for, you know, for people just, there's so many different products that, you know, watch bands. I mean, I've made watch bands before for, for people. And it's just so, so I think that, you know, being able to make them in the grand scheme of things, like a minimal investment in some materials, um, that you would use in the business, you're able to make some incredible, unique, one-of-a-kind gifts uh, for birthdays and Christmas that that people will have forever. And I, I enjoy doing that um, the most. So, okay. yeah, and, I think that's a good benefit. Yeah, I think that's a great benefit. <laughs> well, and you can, I mean, based on you having two careers, you can kind of make your own hours too, right? Oh, totally. Yeah, you work at your own schedule. Uh, I mean, there's still timelines when you take in custom orders and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. you, the longer that you do it, the the better you are at figuring out how much time it's going to take you. Um, in the beginning, you know, you're you really can't charge by the hour because you're not you're not going to be as efficient as you to make so. to make your products sellable, like to make them affordable. So. Uh, but once you once you really start to dial in your craft and you figure out, you know, what you're doing, then then you can uh, you can make your own hours and you can forecast kind of how long things are going to take you. OK. And what do you think is the one thing you love most about doing this? 
I like creating. I mean, I'm, I look at it as, I look at it as art. Um, yeah. Like I said, like, I mean, some of the things that I like, like I'll, I'll hammer brass and then force patina it with flames, like with a torch and inlay that in leather. So I, I love being able to, to be as creative as I want to be. So, um, I, I think for, you know, whether it's tooling leather, like that's a, that's an area that you can kind of dial yourself into where you're, you know, you're scoring leather with, um, like a, like a small knife and then you create shapes and designs like the old Western stuff with the flowers and Paisley patterns. And so, I mean, I like that you can be an artist that you can kind of stamp your own mark on the leather that you create, you, you know, so, yeah. you know, I think that that part is really neat. I mean, you know, you, every, everything is, I mean, you have the ability to be different from everybody else in this market if you want to be. Okay. And so what was, what was the moment where you kind of knew you were going to, you were going to make this a career? You were going to, you know, you already had a full-time career. So what made you want to go for high brass leather? Okay. Um, Hmm. I, I mean, there's, I guess there's a couple, there's a couple times where I was like, wow, is this really going to like, can I really do this? I think when I made a website and I got like my first website order, that was kind of a big moment where I'm like, I can do this, you know, but, um, man, I, I think when, I mean, it was certainly cool when the sheriff wanted, uh, got a holster from me, that was, yeah. pretty, but, um, <laughs> but, um, I think, I think when, um, when you, when you make stuff for people and they're like, Oh my God, where did you buy this? You know? And they're like, no, I made it. And you're like, come on, quit messing with me. I think when people started to recognize that I was making things that looked like the quality of something that you would buy from someone that had been doing this forever is when I was like, wow, I, I think I can do this. You're like, you know, I fooled aunt, you know, auntie Greta, you know, she like, she thinks I, I spent like $500 on some custom leather thing for her, but you know, it's, um, so I think when, when people, um, refer you to, that's, that's the other thing. It's like, you know, you make, you make something for someone and like other people are Facebook's great for this, right? You post a yeah. picture of, of something and then like, you know, five or six people like, Oh my God, where'd you get that? I need one. Um, and then they're like, Oh, you gotta hit up Roy from high brass leather. He does great stuff. You know, that's, that's kind of what you want. Right. And, and when you start hearing people, when there's that demand, when people are like, will you make me one? Um, (laughs) I think is when, is when you jump, you know, that's how I did my holsters. It's like, I, I couldn't find a holster for, um, an off duty gun that I carry. Um, so I made it and then I still have it. It's terrible, but man, I was proud of it when I made it. And then (laughs) it just, you know, it led, led me to where I'm at now. Um, you know, where I make a lot of those, a lot of the holsters for that, for that gun. And do you think your involvement and the community that you've surrounded yourself with has kind of encouraged you to create this as an actual source of income? Yes. Um, the community, um, I've been so fortunate, um, to have surrounded myself with, a lot of positive and encouraging people, uh, that have just said, yeah, you just need, you need to make, you need to do this. You need to, you need to do it. Um, you know, the, the, my, my, uh, wife, um, big time, my parents and in-laws, of course. Um, but you know, your friends too, um, 
you know, when they get something like, man, you should really sell these. I mean, listen to them. Cause if they're, you know, if, if they're really your good friends and they, I mean, you can tell if they're telling you the truth or not. Um, <laughs> and they're not going to hide that from you, but you know, and then, uh, you know, at work, um, to see people carrying the stuff, you know, like they're wearing their, their trust in their life with some of the stuff that I make, I mean, um, is, you know, the best recommendation that you can get when, um, when you're doing what I do. So, sure. yeah. And so if somebody is wanting to get into this, if, do they go to, do you think they could go to like a local craft fair or something and that's where they can start to sell it? How did you start to, did you only start to sell it to friends and that's how it went and then it kind of referred out? Yeah. So I started with friends, um, just because that's who saw the stuff. Um, sure that I was making. But if you're going to start out, like if hindsight was 2020 and I was starting out all over again, I would recommend going to craft shows or gun shows. If you do holsters like a gun show or, um, you know, you can, you can buy tables at rodeos or, you know, different things like depending upon what you're making, I would seek out, um, events that, um, are related to the products that you sell. And I would go there like boutiques and stuff like that. Okay. And so do you currently have any expansion plans or you got anything exciting happening or anything coming up? Well, I am in the process now of adding some stuff to my websites. Um, I just started wholesaling to an EDC vendor, which stands for everyday carry. It's kind of a rabbit hole of craziness, but it's, it's awesome. Um, a friend, uh, uh, a friend of mine referred me to um, a gentleman that owns a store in, uh, Sacramento, it's about 40 minutes from me that I'm wholesaling leather products, like little valet trays that are made out of leather for you to put your items in, um, as well as some little leather holders for a variety of different tools that people carry in their pocket. And that's EDC specialties. Um, so wholesaling is like my next step where instead of having to ship out, you know, 25 products to 25 different people, I'm able to, um, you know, I've reached a point in my efficiency that, that I can make 25 products. Um, I can wholesale them to a vendor that, um, you know, can deal with the individual distribution. So that has been just wonderful. Um, and it's given me more time with my family. So that's my expansion is to do more wholesale leather. I mean, I enjoy the custom stuff and I'll always do that because like I said, that's my therapy is kind of creating and making new things. Yeah. So, um, but I, I enjoy the fact that the business, the quality of the stuff that I've made, um, has allowed me to, to, to reach out to some of these, um, people that are, that are able to sell, you know, a hundred trays in a month, you know, and I don't have to ship a hundred of them, which is great. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. I can mm-hmm. imagine. Okay. Yeah. So if that can be are, daunting. Oh, so. I, I, I don't doubt it. Shipping is no joke. And it's yeah. probably, I mean, it gets kind of, you know, expensive and time. Yes. And when and... stuff gets lost, it's oh, just, yeah. oh, it's horrible. So then you're responding to people because, you know, because stuff gets lost. And, yep. you know, I insured everything. I just bit the bullet on the shipping. and was like, this is so crazy. I have to pay you to ensure that you're going to deliver my product. But, <laughs> you know, it's like. Yes. Yes. Okay. So we've kind of gone through, um, you know, what it means to work with leather and have Mm -hmm. your own business doing that. So I just have a few more questions for you. Sure. What did you want to be when you were a kid? Oh, wow. Um, hmm. I, 
when I was in high school, when I was going to college, I used to play that uh, computer game Sim City. You know, like where you like build a city <laughs> yep. and like everything grows or it's like horrible because some natural disaster like wipes out your infrastructure or something. But um, I wanted to be a city manager because I like really enjoyed that game. Um, and then I went to college in a small school called Beloit College, and Beloit kind of um, it's it kind of advertises itself as the place to go if you have no idea what you want to do. Um, so I went there and, um, I had a wonderful, um, professor, Georgia Durst Lottie, um, that, uh, I don't, I think she recently retired, but she helped me get an internship with a city manager in Beloit, Wisconsin. And so I worked for a woman named Jane Wood for three years. I, I, um, interned with, with them and I, Unfortunately learned, or fortunately, depending upon how you look at it, um, that that is not what I wanted to do. So, (laughs) yeah, it's just, wow, it's so, it was just brutal. It was like, you know, 70-hour work weeks and, I mean, so many upset people. And it was like, wow, this isn't, like, not really fun. I don't get to, like, click here and then the building's built in, like, five minutes. You know, it's like, (laughs) so, so, yeah, that's why I wanted to be a city manager, um, and uh, that's actually when I went on my first ride along, and that's what kind of steered me toward law enforcement was after that. So, okay. you know, everything happens for a reason. Um, but uh, I'm glad I'm not a city manager. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy with what I'm doing. So, okay. Yeah. And so what would be – what is the one piece of business advice you've received that's the best that you can recall? Hmm. The best piece of business business advice. Um, I well, I mean, in addition to just doing something that you're passionate about. I mean, if you're, that's. I mean, I guess that's to me that your attitude is so important. Um, you know, take a break if you start to become overwhelmed or frustrated with with doing leather work or doing your job. Like, you know, you, it's important that you spend time with your family. So I think. Uh, making sure that you're not working so hard that you neglect the other aspects of your life is one of the the most important things with being in business, especially for yourself, because there's a tremendous amount of pressure for your business to be successful. And you can find yourself, if you're like me, like really just diving in head first and like, you know, working a full shift and then coming home and then grinding out for, you know, products for, uh, you know, 10 hours and you're like, Oh my God, you know, now I got to get some sleep because I got to get, go. I mean, you got to take time for your family. So for your okay. loved ones. Yeah. And what would you say to somebody who's currently discouraged, who doesn't feel like they're in the right career and they're not right sure what they want to do? What would you tell them at this point? They're not alone. Certainly. I mean, there's a lot of people that are miserable with the stuff that they do. Um, but when you can make your, the things that you're passionate about or that you enjoy, um, if you can get paid to do those, do it. I mean, and, and you don't have to be the biggest guy on the block selling, you know, whatever you're selling, um, figure out, you know, make stuff that you like to make and, um, offer them to people. Initially, I, I would say, you know, share them, share them with your family and your friends. Um, you know, like I said, Christmas gifts, like when you start handing out, really cool stuff to people, um, or donate, donating it to different causes. Um, 
it gets it gets your name out there and it allows people to kind of see the stuff that you're making and um it helps you with advertising but it also people want to support people that are charitable that are giving that are thoughtful of other people so i think um if you're going to get involved with something that you're thinking about making your business don't forget um don't forget about your community. Don't forget what what it is that you love about that thing that you're going to make uh, when you start getting money for it. Okay. Yeah. Like, absolutely. So, thank you, Roy, for coming on and talking to me about uh, leather making and all what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you for having me. If you like this episode or you're looking to change your career, go to 28andsearching.com or become a patron to get exclusive content sent directly to you. See you next week.